From the studios of their respective lounge rooms, a team of pyjama-clad TV tragics ready to slice, dice and dissect the best and worst of what's on the box. It's TV Binge Box. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Bennett and welcome to TV Binge Box, the only podcast you need in your life to find out what's hot and what's not on the telly each week so you can get those all-important TV watch lists sorted here to give us their thoughts, our wonderful binge box team, Steve Mulk. Hey, that's me. It's you. Hey, Joe Casamento. Good evening, fellas. And Stephen Brookie Brook. Greetings, all. Very Thank cool. you, gang, for holding the fort last week. While I had a little rest, I missed you all. But as you rightly pointed out, that means I've got two whole weeks worth of shows mm. to talk to you about. So <laughs> oh strap yourselves in, folks. Welcome this to the could extended be a version very of TV long show. <laughs> um, that's coming up a little bit later in Clap or Slap, where we'll be previewing Operation Buffalo, Space Force, The Clinton Affair, 60 Minutes, The Voice, Little Fires Everywhere, Dynasty, Love Life, and so much more. Plus, Mulk's diving into the archives for another edition of Rewind. But first, let's kick the show off with Group Binge. And, Brookie, we've looked at something completely different this week. Yes, Dan, one of the most unusual TV programs we have yet featured on our podcast. Mm. It's been shown jointly on NITV, which is the National Indigenous TV Network, and SBS. But you can find it on SBS On Demand, and it's called The Beach. Now... Describing the beach actually requires a bit of thought, and I'm going to ask you all (laughs) about that. I am calling it an observational documentary about Indigenous filmmaker Warwick Thornton, Mm -hmm. who takes himself off to a beach shack on the remote Dampier Peninsula in WA to sort himself out. There's a bit of cooking, there's a few anecdotes that he tells to his chickens, There's a bit of bad yoga and bad hunting. And then there are the stunning visuals. There's six 30-minute episodes, so three hours in total. And you can watch it all in one hit as a kind of feature-length thing or episodically. But I'm not even sure if I'm doing it justice with that description. Dan. It's hard to describe, right? It is. A, it yeah, is. A that is why I'm putting you all on the spot, starting with you, Dan. <laughs> Hooray. How would you describe what you saw and what was your reaction to it? Well, a really interesting question, Brookie, because on the face of it, it does just seem to be a very visual, arresting um, mm. sort of look, cinematography look at, at, you know, a man in the bush, a man on the, on the ocean. Like the colour palette's beautiful, the framing is stunning, it's peaceful, all that stuff from a purely visual sense. It's really captivating. But what I found really interesting about this, because the way you've described it is exactly the way it had been described to me before I'd sort of jumped into it. But I'm missing but out then, on a whole lot, aren't I? Well, but that, and that's the thing. So when you realise what the show was actually all about and sort of you, you read a lot of those press interviews with Warwick or you heard him talk on his... Um, TV interviews and stuff, when you know the journey that led up to the making of this, why he wanted to tell this story, um, it, it gives you a whole different look at this. So the way it was pitched to the public was, yeah, yeah, exactly as we've talked about. But really, this was a show about a man who was on the brink of passing his life away, who was drinking himself to death. And we are watching him in the first part of that three-hour special watching it together we're watching him detoxing we're watching him go through physical Mm. withdrawals and when you know that 
it gives those beautiful images a whole different narrative um, and it gives them a whole lot more weight. So I think actually the way SBS, NITB, however, whoever was ultimately in charge of promoting this, I think they did themselves a bit of a disservice in not actually within the content of the show and within the major press ahead of time, letting people into that because I think it became a much more compelling story knowing that information, carrying that with you, than it was just as a piece of pretty television. Nail on the head there, I think, Dan. Joe, how Hmm. did Warwick Thornton strike you? I don't know if you've interviewed or met him before. Dan and I have. How did you come to it? Yeah, no, that's interesting you say that because when you guys were talking about it last week and and you did the interview with him, Dan, and we were talking about slow TV, I was sort of thinking, oh, God, this sounds like torture. (laughs) I feel like I've got a dentist appointment, a date with a dentist that I don't want to, you know, sort of go to. So I left it. It's not for everyone, is it? I left it. Well, I was, and I'm ashamed to say. I have not seen Samson and Delilah, which I, sh- I am ashamed to say his, his film. Um, so I wasn't familiar with his work at all. So I came from a completely blind uh, perspective. And so I left it till today, as I do always, you know, last minute homework. And I have to say, I was completely immersed in this world. Uh, right. It was beautiful. I mean, I'd like mm. to leave the images on my... Uh, flat screen TV as like artwork uh, where he is, the lighting. It was incredible. He didn't speak much, but when he spoke to the camera, there were nuggets that just... this just really touched my soul. I know that sounds really, um, no. really queasy, but they really did. A man of few words, but clearly very insightful uh, stuff when he talked about his brother's motorbike accident and, you know, mm. how you go back to things that sort of, you know, are bad for you. And just, just really those small musings, I was waiting for those nuggets on another level, I could watch that man cook. I mean, is he like a? <laughs> wow, yeah. is, he, is he trained in France or something? Because no, watching him, I know what like, you, mean, you know, it's a sacred thoughts. kind of thing. Watching him, you know, do yeah. the mud crab and hunt for it. Oh, God, it was. I just want his beautiful. spice rack. His yeah, spice rack was incredible. I could yeah. have Instagrammed that house for days. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> it, it was just beautiful to watch, and the. Um, whole three hours was it 24 25 minutes per episode really I was doing housework I was vacuuming and doing dishes in between but I actually found it ravishing and um, really quite beautiful so you know I, I actually what enjoyed a great it description ravishing. yeah ravishing so, Malk, we were at the SBS upfronts last yes. year with very little fanfare they played an excerpt from this and I know for one, I sat up and was like, what is this? Yeah. And I think you had the same reaction, didn't you? It, it just in the middle of the reel, and they, they did show it sort of by itself, but even as it popped up in the reel, it just stood apart. Mm. As, um, And the best way I can describe it then, as I, I felt when I watched it on Friday night go to air, it was overwhelming. It, it There was... I mean, Australia looks amazing. Mm. It's mm. a tourism ad, honestly. Full credit course, yeah. to, uh, to Warwick's son, who was responsible for the cinematography. Yes. It looked amazing. Um, and and even just the grab that we saw, I think it was Warwick interacting with one of his chickens yeah. um, in the at the, the upfronts, was captivating. I mean, I could have watched him just talk to his chickens for 45 minutes. Um, however, the, the fact that that was dribbled out and spread across... 
um, the whole three hours. And, and I agree, Dan, sort of in the light of, you know, Warwick removing himself from, you know, his hurdy-gurdy life mm. to refocus and recenter and, and detox and, and do those things over the course of six weeks. It, it opened up incredible insight to a guy who across those three hours said probably 180 words. Mm. Yeah. It um, was a fascinating portrait of an artist as well. And yes, the incidents that can shape you from your childhood, mm. but also some of your behaviours that can leave you with incredible guilt. Uh, there was so much going on and so little. Did anyone have a favourite bit? I, for one, was captivated by the aerial shot of him in his four-wheel drive, oh, yeah. just driving and creating that spiral, mm. yeah. which was perfect. And then for whatever baffling reason, he just decided to destroy it and drive through the middle of it. And that has stayed with me. And I was just thinking, wow, that again... Nothing much happens, but so much happens. And they were perfect circles. Mm. I was like, could I be driving that? I don't think I could do such perfect circles. And they would be beautiful artwork. So that stuck with me, Joe. What about you? And actually, good pickup. He has done some Tourism Australia campaigns. Oh, he has. So he knows how to show off Australia, that's for sure. Oh, well, it's just beautiful. Um, I I think, as I mentioned, it was the few moments he did speak, the stories he told uh, had me captivated. Just talking about the, the... coat the jacket he was wearing Mm. and his encounter in in the melbourne pub um and how that changed the way he uh, presented himself to the world once he Mm. felt that little bit of confidence or talking about the guy such a male thing that story Um, about the jacket and it was such an insight for a woman and i know I've, i've read some of the interviews after i watched it and he talked about it as being like mills and boons for blokes and I thought, God, hmm. it's the last, it's the complete opposite of the Mills and Boons that I like, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> no talk of members and all sorts of things, the, u- no the use of words. In this <laughs> no body ma- yes, man no, pressed against her. No mm. bodice ripping, throbbing, or anything. But I, there is a kind of bloke, and I know, and I, I date one of them who is really into that idea of survival and, you know, could you do it on your own and man versus the elements. And I could see the appeal of that. It, it, that, to me, was just the beauty of watching him survive. Mm. Plus the way he placed the herbs on each of the dishes. <laughs> Dan, was there an anecdote or a spot that stood out for yeah, you? Yeah, I was really captivated by the moment towards the end of the first half hour where he sat down by the doorway mm. with the guitar, looking at the mm. guitar, and I was trying to sort of read what that moment was. He sort of seemed to be very... Um, very reflective and he started laughing at himself and I was wondering I was sort of reading maybe too much into it but wondering what that was what he was thinking about in terms of coming to the ends of his partying days and what that guitar represented Mm. we had just not long come off a shot of him cooking and he'd chopped garlic up into six long white (laughs) lines yes um, and said to himself I don't know what I'm doing and Uh, I just thought there's so much going on in this man's head and we obviously we couldn't access it because he wasn't telling us, but I felt like that yes. imagery was was telling a story. Again, that's kind of why I was glad that I knew that tip bit ahead of time. I don't, yeah, I thought it would have maybe been confusing for people who who didn't know that ahead of time. Yeah, but that stuck with me. That that guitar image really stuck with me. Did the anecdote about the black puppy oh. shock you? I mean, it oh. sort, of, sort of was dropped in there. It was, and I, I have to ask you guys to explain it because I was house 
doing housework as I said and I came to it and I thought is that a real story or is that a euphemism for it's about depression, depression. yeah yeah right and yeah. and so that hadn't actually happened I thought god have I missed something dramatic here and I rewound and couldn't find it so I just kept going because I knew I had three hours ahead of me and wonderfully underscored by the images then of the little puppy dog that became a bigger dog um way too quick for the series but fitting in with mm. the notion of how he was you know addressing his mental health and trying to Mm. to fight that that he talked about that he would stay in his in his bed for two or three weeks knowing it was at Mm. the door scratching wanting to get in Mm. uh, and that that was how he fought it how he addressed it Mm. um and i think that just including that particularly because when he until he talked about it no dog in the show then when he talked about it Mm. little puppy appeared yeah Um, from a mental health uh aspect or uh therapy and wellness it there was a lot of that in there, which wasn't obvious mm. and it wasn't over the top, but as, as a way of introducing those topics to a TV audience, I thought mm. they did a really good job. Absolutely. And a huge thank you to Warwick too for letting us into that journey with yeah. him. It's a very personal mm. thing to go through. Um, it's, it's a very personal thing to go through on your own, let alone to exposing it to the world to be part of that journey. It's, it's a hugely confronting thing. So kudos to him for being brave enough to and do how, that. And how amazing the timing that he put himself into this self-imposed isolation mm. just as we mm. the, and then the world went yes. into isolation mm. yeah. it was quite incredible um just the the serendipity of that i think and well, I, I think th- in part sorry mm. joe you go no i was just going to say i thought the message from it even though there's you know no story arc re- well there is a story arc a man who who faces his demons and takes time out and and you know i love how he just upped and left you know, sort of no explanation. He just obviously he felt was done. he yeah. was done. He was done yeah. with the journey and ready to leave. Um, but just how, and that's how isolation was a little bit, you know, when a lot of people were putting on social media, you know, they're learning a new language or learning to bloody be Vincent van Gogh in isolation and do all these things. And, and I was sort of just struggling with, you know, doing the basics of homeschooling and getting the house mm. cleaned. And I think what his story told actually reflected what many of our stories was in isolation was mm. that it's just enough to survive and yeah, <laughs> just get yeah. through the day and nourish yourself and if you can nourish your soul along the way um, and that's what he was doing, that's enough. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be dramatic or amazing. It's he just enough. He can nourish me with one of those that's fish curries yeah. anytime he likes. They look oh, yeah. well. <laughs> Jeez, well funny you should say that because I don't think this is the end for the beach. I hear... There's going to be a coffee table book with some of those stills, those amazing visuals, and also a cookbook, Joe. So, Mulk, you will be able to nourish yourself with one of those fish curries. Let's now move to the judgment time and the stars. Actually, I will slip in one little anecdote. Uh, One of the things that most shocked me was the apparent killing of the chicken did anyone else pick up on that <laughs> yes. well nothing apparent about it it happened well no i made really? inquiries and i asked him and i said i just have to bring this up because obviously yeah. i'm an inner city uh, you know person who is not used to how indigenous people deal with animals and i just said i was a bit shocked by that bit with the chicken and he said it was a bit of artistic subterfuge okay. and no chickens were actually killed in the making of that production. So anyway, there you go. Malt. So even the eagle chicken was a setup. Oh, I'm kind of... No, no, this was the bit where he apparently cut its head off. 
Yeah, yeah. But remember, he started with three. Allegedly, yeah. well, now allegedly he he cooked it, killed oh, it, and cooked it. Well, one but was then the male and one, not producing eggs. One was male and not producing eggs, and then so the narrative went he got rid of it because it was a non-performer. But anyway, <laughs> sure. But then a second one vanished that he said the eagle got it. Ah, this is referring to the chicken that he apparently killed and ate. That oh, okay. apparently didn't happen. Anyway, let's not detract from the whole <laughs> series. Uh, Malk, what are you? How are you scoring this one? Uh, rip chicken. I felt grossly inadequate watching him cook uh, uh-huh. or do pretty much anything, to be fair. Fixing the car, making stuff go. I am Surely not that kind be, of bloke. you'd be better at yoga than he was. No, not that is impossible. Um, there's too much of me to yoga. Um, look, this gets an absolute solid four and a half stars. It, it was incredible enveloping television, something that like, you could, having seen it, Put on in the background for you know three mm. hours and just let wash over you. Mm. Yeah, um, good point. Or sit down and um, you know really be engaged in a narrative that is rarely seen on television, and that is an unspoken one that played out so clearly for us. I thought it was delightful, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Dan, how many stars are you giving this one? Uh, it's a four stars from me. I really enjoyed it, I, but just have to dock at one point for the way it was sort of presented to us. I think. Yeah, four okay. stars from me. Joe. Mm. I, I think it's surprising, and it's, even now thinking about it, it's, it's mesmerising is the right word you use, Monk. Um, I think I'm going to have to go four and a half stars. Yeah, mm. very well, surprising. Well, I am giving it four and a half as well. Mm, I thought it was really know. captivating, a true original, mm. yeah. but I do recognise it's not for everyone. So mm. that is The Beach. You can find it on SBS On Demand, and that's a NITV SBS co-production. Thank you, soon Brookie. Soon to be coffee table book, cookbook. <laughs> That's right. Coming soon. It's coming soon. That's a great one. It's, yeah, really got us thinking this week. So thank you mm. for that one. For next week's group binge, whether or not mm. it'll get people thinking, I don't know. But there's really only one option, Joe Wright. It's the show that everyone will be talking about. That's right. The house is ready. The housemates are ready. Oof. One by one, they will arrive until only three remain. Is that right? Who wins? We yep. won't know for a while. But the good news is we all get to decide if we want. Uh, so next Monday night, we will be watching Big Brother, which premieres at 7.30pm on Channel 7 and continues Tuesday and Wednesday night at 730 as well. Uh, we hope you'll watch it. Watch it with us. It's going to be our group binge. Let us know what you think. At TV underscore binge box on Twitter is where you can find us um, because that's going to be where we're at, Big Brother. Thank you. I can't wait to hear what everyone has to say about that one. I suspect it's going to divide opinion. So that should be a great chat, that one. Speaking of great, it's time to find out all about what's great on the telly right now as we get stuck into... Clap or slap. Mulk, you're up first this week. What have you been watching? Um, I subjected myself to what was a gobsmacking example of checkbook journalism on Sunday night, mm. watching 60 Minutes. Oh. Came away thoroughly unimpressed. If you want a much broader conversation around that, you should check out the TV Black Box podcast, where even the edited version that got to oh air... Oh, my God. You guys amazing. were like... Whew, I oh, I haven't checked I it out yet. Okay. It was like... Wow. It was on. Yeah, it was on for Donkey Kong, that's for oh, sure. And Brookie and I stand on the same side on this, so it, it's not a conversation we'll start here. Yeah, and we can't... I, I wanted to pipe the in. the positions of some people baffling, mm. is all I will say on the matter. I wanted to pipe <laughs> Good in. Good tease, I'm going to go and listen From now. my um, school route, I wanted to... I was like almost wanting to yell at the... Um, 
yeah. Anyway. Well, that's high-quality podcasting that we've managed to nail it. Go and check this week's TV Black Box <laughs> podcast for the full value of 60 minutes. Um, I also have... Uh, couldn't stop myself. I've watched every episode of Operation Buffalo available in the ABC iView portal. Uh, I know that others uh, have done sort of some or similar, so I'll leave that to them. I am deep loving it. However, I'll also say, as a caveat, I loved Rake. And having Peter Duncan uh, create, direct, and co-write uh, Operation Buffalo was an easy win for me. That was going to be always happening. Um, Dan, I have to take you to task. Oh, I attempted <clears throat> to watch Hightown. Oh, I couldn't so make much. it through the first episode, and I like boobs. <laughs> um, it was. Appalling. Oh, I do too. What was okay. that? Hightown. Okay. Yeah, I can look. Yeah, I was on the fence about that one. I can see why you. Is that Netflix? Yeah. Uh, it's on Stan. Stan. Um, okay. It, it's a pseudo murder mystery about a, a, a what is she? A fisheries officer. Mm. Yeah, it's sexy, is isn't lesbian. it? Yeah, I know, if right? You can't work that oh, out. I saw the shorts um, for that. Yeah, yes. oh, gritty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not even. Um, loving that Rick and Morty is back on Netflix and the latest episode, there's a new one. The final for this series has dropped today. I haven't seen it yet, but the penultimate episode nine where uh, Rick creates for Morty effectively what he thinks is a, a, a rewind button in his life to be able to go back and do a thing again when he stuffs it up and turns out he's actually splitting realities incredible do not watch that in any other way than straight or completely off your face because it's incredible to watch um last week tonight with john oliver still killing it even though he's in a white void uh, at a studio near his home incredible fun great television i did watch every episode of space force Ooh, the new I'm Greg to hear Daniels, about this. steve carell comedy on netflix this is my clap or slap this week the first episode suffers because every good gag is in the trailer. Oh, right. I hate that. One of those. Everything yeah. away. Hate um, that. And episode two feels it because you come away from a pretty joke-heavy first ep into a not very joke-heavy but good narrative press in episode two that I totally get if people have dived into it going, oh, this isn't very good or I'm not laughing as much as I should. I encourage you to stay through to episode three because I think if you get through that and you're going, actually, I'll do this, you will hang to the end and you will be greatly rewarded. I really, really did enjoy it, though. Those first two eps are a bit of a slog. It is a hesitant clap for me. Okay. Well, check that one out. Lisa Kudrow's in that, isn't she? Yes, as Steve Carell's wife, who, and this is brilliant, um, is with him when he gets promoted and becomes the head of Space Force. And then the next time you see her in prison for 40 years. Oh, okay. Wow. I do and, love and I've read an interview. It's no spoilers. They intentionally have put her there ambiguously, and we won't find out why she's in jail until the series ends. Oh, hmm. I don't know if I love that, but I do love Lisa Kudrow, so I will, hmm. I will check oh, it out. It's pretty, it's pretty great. Cool. Thank you, Mog. Lots of great tips there, and we'll have more of them for you from the rest of the team, plus Rewind, on the other side of this. And Robin Robbo. Media executive Rob McKnight. Something brand new is coming to your social media feed. Big Brother winner Ben Norris. This is something bold and informative with a side of humour. And journalist David Robbo Robinson. It's truly going to be something different. The Ben Robin Robbo Show starts April 20. Go to tvblackbox.com.au slash BRR for more information.
Yes, the Ben, Rob and Robbo show is beaming into your TV black box social feeds and over at Ticker TV every Monday through Thursday from 1pm. Make sure you check it out. More from us now, though, as we continue Clap or Slap. And Joe, you're next. What's Ooh, been on your okay. watch list? I've had a good week uh, watching TV. So I'm finishing off The Great, finally, which I've actually really enjoyed. So that, that's definitely one worth watching. That's on Stan. Yeah. That's the historical drama. Um, I'm surprised I've stuck with it, uh, but I have because it's not historically accurate, but it's so silly, it's ridiculous but crazy, and the acting's fantastic and the sets and costumes. So uh, thank you, Tony McNamara, who wrote that, mm. for... Uh, you know, making me stick with something so silly. The Voice, uh, the kids and I are loving. I think this year it's about the judges and the rivalry. Poor boy, George. Only this year? Well, we've always loved the blinds, but we're really engaged this year. Um, blinds are done now. You're going to hang I in. know. It will tell the test and I'll tell you next week whether we stick with it. But it's become Ooh. this gorgeous lounge room banter, which I haven't had with a show for such a long time. Maybe Big Brother will be that. I don't know. What's, uh, what's wrong with Broad Boy George? Oh, he's just no one's into him. And Kelly. <laughs> Kelly can't get anyone. It's really weird. Delta is still hot favourite, but she's calmed down, which is nice. And um, Guy Sebastian is, like, killing it. It's, he's a sweet talker, that guy. Yeah. That guy is a sweet talker. <laughs> so, I love the voice. I dislike that whole premise and then the gear shift that happens after the blinds. Anyway, yeah. this isn't the voice. But, and also, sorry if anyone from the voice is listening, but they've got to do something about wearing the same outfits for 10 nights in a row, don't they? <laughs> that awful oh, thing Kelly's but wearing. That is so they can... I know they can, can shuffle cut it around. to pieces, shuffle yeah. it around. But if they're and... in an awful outfit like Kelly is, which sees her literally her it's family nighttime viewing, and it's like yeah. literally she's falling forward out. She's of She's literally dress. falling out. Yeah. It's just too much every night after night. Were it's like not for close. the tape gods. There would be <laughs> an incident. <laughs> anyway, after that. Channel 9, it does work when you stick to a channel because then I did do 60 Minutes. I won't go too much into it, but as far as the jack- checkbook journalism... No, you will, Joe, because you will come down and you'll port Malk and myself or you won't. Oh, my mm. God. I, I Look, the thing is for me, it just, as a journalist, it puts everyone back on a level play, playing field if you're not paying. It means you have to actually do some work as a journalist. and yes, and, and actually you. um you know, get someone to build a relationship and, and trust you enough to, to share their story with you and, and, and allow you to give it to the world. And I know if money doesn't change hands, yes, of course, there are some victims that deserve to make money if the network, etc., are making money. But as far mm. as journalism goes, honestly, it's, it, it's just really, I think, great. I can't, you know, that perfect example Sunday night, Arabella Del Busso. I mean, that girl shouldn't have $30,000 more for more plastic surgery. Really? No. Um, for that, she for just those shouldn't. revelations. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, and poor God, sorry, the poor footballer, honestly. Josh Reynolds. Oh, it's rare that you say got, that these days, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, poor NRL got, footballer. Just got duped and duped and duped. And, and he was so positive still. With his little booties. Anyway, moving along. Uh, then I stuck with Nine and did the Whitney doco. I've watched so many Whitney docos, but it's still endlessly fascinating. The the voice, she was the voice of my youth. You know, I listened to her on my Walkman and, and, and just to see the demise of such a beautiful voice and beautiful woman and soul singer and, you know, and she didn't grow up. She did grow up, you know, sort of in poverty. She was from New York, uh, 
Newark, is that how you pronounce it? But she New was York, from, yeah. yeah, they moved actually after riots in this documentary, it shows that. Oh, but right. um, to see how she ended up, it's just endlessly fascinating and heartbreaking and such a real... Such a sad story, isn't it? It yeah. is such yeah. a sad story. Um, and the unseen footage, I just couldn't take my eyes off backstage of her with Bobby Brown who, you know, anyway. But the one I want to focus on this week is uh, the Clinton Affair, which is an old yes. doco, but I've only just found it. It's, I don't know if it's resurfaced on my SBS On Demand app, maybe because I was watching The Beach, I saw it. They're showing um, it on TV as well. Ah, oh, gosh. And, and you know, of course we all remember the blue dress, the Lewinsky Affair, mm-hmm. but... Um, I didn't really understand the the full details of, of all of that and this really uses the tools of history, I guess, and perspective and and time. So all of the key players, and when I say key players, I mean every lawyer that was involved, Monica herself, Linda Tripp, the tapes, the research that's gone into this, it's got everything and it's just amazing to watch because, you know, time so much time has gone that they, they can now be honest, I think. Um, about agendas and I hadn't realised how manipulated this poor girl was because we see her as this figure of ridicule I guess and you know in pop culture she's kind of really slut shamed isn't she Mm. you know she really has not emerged from this she's not been able to have a life I don't think she's not been able to have a real job a real and and, and yet Bill Clinton on the other hand has gone on to have you know, still had a political career, still married, still... It just still seems so out of whack, and I think... Tenuously, still married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'll tell you what, Hillary comes across... I didn't know how dodgy she was and how much she got away with from when she was a lawyer back in the 80s and, and how much um, stuff, how much, you know, really dodgy dealings, that whole Watergate thing, the whole thing is quite shameful... Well, um, well, hold on. Married, still married. She has never condemned him. No, and and just not publicly. Well, Brookie, well, exactly though, Mol. She uh, yeah. stood by him. That Tammy Winnett sixty minutes yeah. interview. Stand by your man. She mm. totally has stood by him. Yeah, mm. and and trust me, as a woman who's been in a similar predicament, you can't have respect for someone who. Yeah, no, not anyway. So the whole thing was fascinating to me and at the end of the day he did do this in the Oval Office. I think that is also the one thing when you when you see the details of what actually went on and, and mm. how detailed what came out about this poor girl was. She was 22 as a mum. The mum was forced to, you know, mm. go on the stand against her um, and she was just completely manipulated by everyone around her. I, ha- I If I saw her in the street, you know, as one woman says in the doco, you'd just say, I- I'm so sorry this happened to you because mm. she really was a little pawn in a much bigger picture. And, you know, I found it fascinating. Brookie, I know you've watched it. You probably were more aware of everything that happened at the time, but did you enjoy it? I thought it was so expertly put together yeah. and... They just showed you what happened mm. and they interviewed people and I think they let the story tell itself. They didn't mm. have a big flashy mm. narrator giving their opinion on events. The archive footage and those tapes were incredible. Mm. The Obviously, tapes. we heard a lot from Lewinsky herself, but not mm. from the other side. Mm. But I just found myself angry mm. at the way... Clinton was treated partly because the era in which it happened in the 90s, but also I think because he was a Democrat and 
if he had been a right winger or a business person or we had lived in more enlightened times, um, then I think that history would treat him incredibly differently. And mm. the fact is times have changed, but we still hold not Clinton up. And we don't condemn him for what went on. The other really fascinating thing, and I do, I get that the presidency was under siege from disreputable Republicans, but like some of the uh, more modern uh, sexual predators that uh, mm. have been exposed, such as Harvey mm -hmm. Weinstein and Epstein, etc., he had a support team around him, and in Clinton's case, they weren't enablers. But they looked after oh, him. The Protectors secretary was an enabler. <laughs> the, but they, they were all. But, but they, they, he had a team of people who would yeah. sort out mm. and were, mm. you know, organising to give Lewinsky an, a dream job at L'Oreal, which would have moved her away from mm -hmm. Washington and into New York and silenced her, basically. Mm. So. That she still understand. wanted to protect him a little bit was so sad too, don't you think? That she still felt guilt. Young and naive. Young and but, naive. But yeah. even now, 20 yeah. years on, whatever, she still feels shame. Her mother still says she's ashamed of it. They still love her, but they're ashamed. Of what, mm. the, just, just the slut-shaming and that he still goes on. And even when you see the comedians of the time and what they were saying about her and no one Brutal. was... like yeah. it just... But even and now, I don't she's know still the punchline to the joke. Which she is, is still the punchline. Yeah. yeah and at the end of the day, she wasn't the married one. No. She wasn't the president. Yeah. She shouldn't have had the weight of the world on her shoulders. Mm. She was a young girl that was manipulated. Yeah. By... It makes me shudder what the current president's getting up to in the overall office, but oh, that's, that's a complete yeah. degree. <laughs> anyway, so, so big overall, clap, a big, big clap. clap from me. It's worth watching. It really is riveting. I'm glad because I've got four eps backed up and I wasn't sure whether I should make the time. Yeah, I Your think Your decision you has been made for you, Malt. Yep. Sounds like it. And it mine does. too. I'll definitely check that one out. Thank you, Joe. Brookie, what have you got for us this week? Look, it's it's episode 12. I have been silent long enough. <laughs> oh, okay. I withstood your comments and insults. And what, what did I watch this week? I watched... And you don't need a bell. Here you go. Oh, my God. Just to see your face pain. Is it a Dalek? Meanwhile, you're proud that I even know what a Dalek is. Thank you. I'm well, proud you know yes. what a Dalek is. I'm horrified that you thought that was a Dalek. <laughs> 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 I nearly staged a walkout. Okay, I needed a bit of comfort watching. And uh, yes, Joe, it was a DVD. Problem oh, being, goodness. if you want to watch Doctor Who, the classic TV series which ran in a record-breaking fashion from 1963 to 1989... It is virtually impossible to find on a streaming service. Oh. And no less a TV expert as Shame. Steve Maltstein <laughs> says guy. that basically, yeah, you've got to download and buy it. Okay. So it does stream on a service called BritBox, whatever that is, not available in Australia, which is a BBC ITV co-production streaming thing. Anyway, long story short. Doctor Who and the Silurians, it's seven episodes from nineteen. 70. Oh and my look, goodness. I get that people laugh at the special effects and the realization of this kind of thing. Long story short, the third Doctor newly regenerated, exiled to Earth. So, a, a complete amazing format change in the middle of this series. Goes and investigates a nuclear power plant on a remote moor 
and finds that some prehistoric reptilian creatures that have been in deep hibernation since the prehistoric era are slowly waking up. I found it incredibly atmospheric and very cleverly realised mm. and full of charm. Oh. So Which doctor is it? It's John Pertwee, who was the mm. third doctor, who was okay. you know the tall sort of dandy kind of guy, only in his second series, but completely in control. And for me, that was a real treat. Everyone listening, I wish you could see Brookie smiling right now. Actually, <laughs> he's, he's got so a big smile. I've never face. seen him so, so but animated. Isn't that the best yeah. thing about television when a show means that much <laughs> yes. to you that it actually makes you feel that good? I didn't even good? know I you had that. dimples. Sorry, Brookie, carry on. Anyway, uh, so that was my treat. Um, Given it was a, given the length of it, I didn't watch a whole lot else. What I did watch was disappointing, which is a real shame. So, uh, on SBS on the weekend, I watched a film, Hunt for the Wilder People. It's a Mm -hmm. New Zealand film by Taika Waititi, and I was so looking forward to this because quite a few years ago, I went to New Zealand to do a story and I had a sudden burst of patriotism on the plane on the way over and I thought I'm going to watch a New Zealand film. That film was Boy, which I highly, highly, Mm. highly recommend, which is a very early Take a Waititi production. This was uh, an expanded from that uh, bigger budget, uh, more expansive Sam Neill, Mm. around the same issues of uh, abandoned children, um, Maori versus white culture, uh, but I found it lacking something. So basically Aww. an orphan uh, goes to live on a farm where Sam Neill is. The kid, Julian Dennison, is an amazing yeah. It's got highs and lows, comedy and drama. Uh, check it out. It just wasn't as brilliant as I had hoped, having seen this earlier film, Boy. Taika Waititi guest starring as the minister at the funeral. Correct. Fabulous. Yes. So bloody good. I love the film, but that was a highlight for mine, for sure. Every time I do this podcast, I'm slightly unnerved by Malk's vast knowledge. I know. Of seemingly everything. Anyway. uh, Okay, so this brings me to my pick of the week, which is on ABC on Sunday nights, also on the iPlayer. For six weeks, Operation Buffalo, which Malk has filled us in on. It's about the Maralinga British tests in Australia in the 1950s. Politely, you would call this one a high concept because, as mm. with Rake, it mixes comedy and drama. If you were blunt, you'd call it a car crash. Oh. Alarm bells started ringing right Ouch. at the start where they put up a quote that says, This is a work of historical fiction. Just a lot of the really bad history actually happened. Mm. <laughs> Marilinga and what happened there is a story worth telling. And I think one that is flying under the radar for a lot of Australians, but they deserve to know that we basically handed over vast tracts of the desert to the British for nuclear testing. Mm. This first episode I found was bizarre. There was a lot of running around with prostitutes on an army base and the soldiers involved trying to hide them. Ewan Leslie's in it, James Cromwell, Tony Martin, Jessica DeGau. So a strong cast and stunning visuals of the desert scenarios. Uh, The Australian critics baffling to me, by and large, loved it, but I thought the audience on Twitter knew better. It's absurdist in parts, but it's also a drama. 
There's a bit of a murder mystery thrown in as well. Tonally, I found it all over the place and I found it getting my back up quite strongly. Coupled with the fact that some incidents are pure invention. Mm. There's one scene where one of the prostitutes who's been abandoned in the desert and rescued by a couple of indigenous people are incinerated in a bomb blast all the research i've done that never happened but there Mm -hmm. is a real tragedy to tell about the nuclear fallout and contamination that indigenous people suffered in the first instance and the australian and british soldiers also suffered because they had airmen flying through these mushroom clouds Uh, so it's uh, the Outback setting is stunning. Of course, for ABC drama, this follows on from indigenous political drama, Total Control, mm. the Outback refugee drama, Stateless, the indigenous Outback drama, Mystery Road. So maybe a little bit of variety is needed in the Sunday night lineup. I'm giving this one a bit of a slap. Okay. Mm. Slap I haven't seen any of that yet. I will check it out, though, because Mulk, you love it. I thought it was great, and, yeah. and and they do address some of that broader impact of the the tests, even to the fact where one of the weather balloons that they used in the experiment, of course, to test whether or not the cloud would shift, uh, and all the reports at the time publicly were, were that they don't, ends up in Adelaide in the backyard of you and Leslie's character's kids' mates, mm-hmm. and they're all going round to look at the balloon, and he freaks out. Mm. All right, well, I'll watch it and report back and let you know what I think. Thank you very much, Brookie. For me this week, first up, I checked out the docuseries History 101 on Netflix. Mm. The premise of this series is that each episode is a history mini lesson about a particular topic, the 101 basics of each topic, basically, um, consisting of archival footage, interviews, facts and graphs about various subjects to tell the stories. There's one about AIDS, fast food, the rise of China. Each episode is only 20 minutes or so long, so they're bite-sized episodes and well worth putting on if you want to bit of a history overview about something without getting bogged down in huge amounts of detail. Um, so that's History 101 streaming on Netflix. Also on Netflix this week, I was so happy that we finally had a chance to see season three of Dynasty. This <laughs> is, of course, the reboot of the classic soap of the same name after a fabulous season one and then a truly craptastic season two. Uh, <laughs> the pressure was really on for this season to draw me back in and I'm happy to report it's in very fine form once again. Great. If you haven't seen it, it's a whole lot of fun. It's soapy and delicious. It's ah. camp as a row of tents and it knows it. Mm. It doesn't shy away from that fact. In, fe- in fact, it embraces it with open arms, quite self-referentially in places. Um, Elizabeth Gillies is the lead as Fallon Carrington. She's just wonderful. Grant shows in there as Blake Carrington. There's Aussies, Alan Dale, Madison Brown, all the cast of Fab. There's even a Crystal and Alexis cat fight in the pool, just like the good oh, old amazing. days. Oh, I yes, love it. I love it. Can't wait for season four next year. Check that one out. If you're after a bit of fun, Dynasty on Netflix. Didn't Alan Dale do quite well? Didn't oh, he just? In the States. Yeah. After being Jim in Neighbours. In everything. <laughs> in everything. everything. Yeah, the old Jim. Sorry. Indeed. Over on Stan this week, the new Anna Kendrick rom-com dramedy Love Life dropped. The first three episodes are streaming now with more to come. There are six all up. Uh, And the premise is that each season of the show follows one character on their journey from their first love to their final love. So this season it's Anna Kendrick as Darby Carter. Uh, It's been getting quite a bad rap in some reviews, but I have to say I really loved it. It's funny and quirky and really engaging. Um, I got through all of the available three in one sitting and I'm really keen to know how it finishes up. 
No. Do you, obviously See, you do. I like, the, I like wow. the premise and it looks like exactly the kind of show I would love. But yep. she's so freaking annoying <laughs> to me. She's Joe, Joe, she's the girl. She's the Britney Murphy, and I shouldn't say that because poor R.I.P. Britney Murphy. But oh. she really is the bit player who shouldn't be a lead. I don't know oh. how she got elevated to lead girl status, Gosh. but she really. I'll, I'll give you two words as to how that happened. Pitch perfect. Yeah, which she was great in. Oh, no. Joe, the door for Joe, for her, I think it? you oh. need to let Dan do his thing without these cruel interjections. <laughs> sorry, well, no, you could sorry. Maybe I'm... check out Love Life on standard. It might change your mind because I, I, I really will, enjoyed Dan. it. I will. Okay. Yeah. Um, a big change of pace had me heading back to Netflix to watch the four-part docuseries Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's based on the 2016 book of the same name by James Patterson, the wonderful crime novelist, who is also an EP on this and he's interviewed in it too. Uh, and the show is essentially the stories of the survivors of Jeff- Jeffrey Epstein, detailing how he used his wealth and power to commit the horrendous sexual yeah. crimes that Oof. he did, how the government was involved in covering it up, um, Bill Clinton gets a run, speaking of him back from back in the other show. Um, if you find the whole Jeffrey Epstein saga interesting, this is a must-watch. It's very slickly produced. As I said, only four episodes, so it's very bingeable. And it's the perfect lead-up to the new series coming very soon that explores his, air quotes, suicide. Um, yeah. So definitely give this one a, one a watch. It's, it's fascinating that um, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich, on Netflix. And finally, this week, it's the show that's had a lot of people talking, the much-anticipated new Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington series, Little Fires Everywhere, which is streaming now on Amazon Prime. It's an adaptation of a novel of the same name by Celeste Ng. It's set in Shaker Heights, Ohio in the 1990s, and it follows the intertwined fates of the picture-perfect Richardson family and an enigmatic mother and daughter who upend their lives in the most unusual of ways. Friendship, relationships, fidelity, race relations, kind of appropriate at the moment, all covered in this one. A lot of people were buzzing that this was the next Big Little Lies or that kind of water cooler show. For me, I wouldn't go that far. It's really good. It's just not really great. There are some plot contrivances and conveniences that I struggled with, which just took the shine off a bit for me. But the performances are wonderful. Witherspoon and Washington are sensational. Uh, Joshua Jackson's in there as well as Witherspoon's Witherspoon's husband and he's really great too and a fantastic supporting cast of younger actors who really step up to the plate with some very tricky material at times so there's definitely some stars of the future in there Uh, it's only eight episodes each app really could have done with being shorter like many shows on streaming services they're not sticking to traditional drama times because they don't have to but I think the old adage just because you can doesn't mean you should needs to be remembered a bit more by some producers out there this one definitely could have done with some tightening so it's not perfect but it's still worth a watch all in all it's not a slap it's a it's a moderate clap for me for little fires everywhere on Amazon Prime all right, that is what we've been watching this week. How about you? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. We're at TV underscore binge box on Twitter. Gang, we are very nearly done. But first, let's take a quick dip into... Rewind. Mulk, what have you been revisiting this week? Uh, friends, I've, I've hearkened back to a year friends, when... we're doing uh, friends again. <laughs> please. All right, if we're going to be like that... Um, <laughs> When Amigos para sempre means you'll always be my friend, uh, Microsoft Windows 3.1 was released. And during this, in fact, episode, the much maligned Bill Clinton became president. (laughs) 
1992, and you might not believe the show that I'm about to reveal to you. It was a bit of a little dirty secret favourite for me. Okay. Laura's place. No. Spot on. Absolutely. I knew it, 92. I'm so glad. Now, I was thick in my universe, really, just started a babe at university. Tuesday nights, written off, could not go anywhere unless it was to a pub to watch Melrose Place. It ran for, at the end, seven seasons, 220-something episodes, uh, with only one cast member that made it through every single season. Um, It introduced us to Billy and uh, Alison and their on-again, off-again relationship. Grant Show, who we talked about Mm -hmm. tonight, played Jake Hansen. Um, uh, Thomas Calabro was uh, initially the very devoted husband to Jane, um, (laughs) playing Dr. Michael Mancini. He's the only one that made it through the whole series. And then in, in the second season, he took a very hard turn and became... Like oh, evil. adulterous yeah. killer villain, the whole shebangabang. We saw women rise from the dead. We saw cheating scandals. We saw partner swapping. We saw the most amazing turns, including Heather Locklear, uh, just landing into I the middle of this incredible, so um, you know, apartment complex. Mm-hmm. She was Amanda, right? Place. She was. she was. She was basically Amanda to Melrose Place was Alexis to Dynasty. Am I right? That's yeah, one hundred percent. The show Spelling. became alive when she came on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look, it, I, I will offer it was great, but yes, when they brought Heather yeah. Lockley in and wrote the whole Amanda narrative that fit into it, mm-hmm. outrageous. Everybody mm. ended up sleeping with everybody else. Um, Alyssa Milano got a pickup. She right. turned up uh, as Jennifer Mancini, Michael's sister. That's um, right. You know, there was all sorts of people that found their way through it. It absolutely was the buzz show for at least three or four years of its yes. life across those seven seasons. Tuesday, Tuesday nights, nights on yeah on Channel <laughs> Ten, wasn't it? Tuesday nights a bitch. That's exactly no it. So hotter place than Melrose Place. That's right. Yes. We will not talk about the two thousand. I think it was nine attempted yeah, no. reboot. Yeah, um, mm. no, that did not happen. Um, It's not a thing. This was incredible (laughs) television. It was the soapiest of primetime soaps. Absolutely dripping with good-looking people. They had this incredible pool that, as best I can tell, no one used except to throw someone else into. Yeah. That's true. They always dying. fell in, didn't yeah. they, at the end of the night? And Kimberly's oh. scar, remember? I still remember oh, that. The reveal of the wig. <laughs> the wig. That was television gold. It was. Yeah, I, yeah. too, used to do the Tuesday night pub with my – I was a copy person then at uh, News. You remember those days, Brookie? Mm. And Amy oh, Willis, yeah. shout out. Hello, Amy, if you're listening. We used to go to the pub around the corner every single week in Surrey Hills there to uh, watch oh, that. Oh, not the Dove and Olive – no, not the Dove and Olive, not the Dolphin either, not, um, it was just one, we were in dingy little part of um, uh, Surrey Hills there where we just pop in and make sure we could catch it because it was, it was absolutely the best. I don't think I've ever, you know, had such highs in my mm. TV viewing since. <laughs> it was appointment television by very definition. You had to be there to watch it because yep. if you didn't, you missed the conversation for the rest <laughs> of the week. Yep. It was phenomenal. The series ran, uh, when they ran, it was 26 to 35 episodes a season. They went big with this. It was no mucking around. Um, and I dare say, we really haven't seen anything like it since. Where and can I you wish catch we it? would. Yeah, it's, yeah. Can you catch it? I need to introduce my kids to it. Well, Tell me I don't have to get a DVD. 
If, no, you don't, conveniently. <laughs> However, you will have to shell out your hard earns. Of the seven seasons, mm. five seasons are available to purchase on Apple TV. Okay. Australia. That is the only place you'll find it. Place. Unless, of course, you start harking through the, the cheapo DVD bins for series. Okay. I threw out my DVD player. Don't even know people who have oh. those. Along <laughs> with the old VCR and my boombox. In, in the bin next to the DVDs that they're selling because ain't nobody got time for right. that shit. Yeah. Dan has a DVD player because, as he's just said on Twitter, he's been watching <laughs> a box set of Are You Being Served? I have. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I, I have been watching Are You Being Served. We sir. are 50 minutes in, Dan, and you have not even mentioned mm. this. Oh, well, you know... Yeah, some web some web exclusives, Brookie. Trying to get the punters, you know, give them a bit of. <laughs> I thought um, you do yes, some I... homework ready for when it's your turn to do a rewind, Dan. <laughs> yeah, well, you never know, Mock. You never know. Um, thank you for that, Mock. That has made my week actually. It has, talking actually. about Morrow's place, it was so I it's so just good. so good, so and good. It was a spin-off, wasn't it, from nine hundred two one zero? It was. It and totally it was a spin-off yeah. of. Um, Melrose Place was Model Inc. Models yeah. Inc. That's, oh my God! Which was Amanda's mum, Linda Gray. Julian, yeah, and Cameron Dado. Yeah, Julian yes. Hamilton. No, Jul- yeah. Julian McMahon. Julian McMahon. Thank you. Yes, yeah. son of the Prime so Minister. Good. Yeah. Wow. What a All good right. period of nineties soap soapy goodness. Mm. Steal the so shit good. out of yeah. that. Totally. All right, Brookie will be back in the archives again in the next TV Binge Box when I'll be taking another week off because I'm such a slacker. Um, slacker. But I'm in the middle of moving apartment hell next week, so wish me luck. I look and forward and we, to might, being we might pod together at we one point. We might pod together because <laughs> I'm finally going back to Sydney where Joe and Brookie both live. Mulkey's a little bit further up the Just coast. I'm going really. to drag him down for a... Yes, yeah. we will. For a... An event. IRL podcast for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For now, though, a huge thanks, as always, to our binge boxes, Malk, Joe and Brookie. Where can we find you on the socials, Malk? Uh, You can find me at Steve Malk, the only place that you really need to visit other than everybody else's social media. Uh, And don't forget, um, well, maybe you don't need to give us five stars. uh, Well, it's certainly nothing less, but we've got a perfect run of five stars, so don't ruin that for us, friends. Um, But make sure that you give us a review. We always appreciate that. I think we're up to date with all of the comments that everybody's offered. We appreciate your support. We're very glad that you've hung in with us. Uh, Please do swing by and give us a comment because we need your love and we'd love to shout you out. We sure would. Joe, where can we find you? Um, at Joe Casamento one on Twitter and at Joe.Casamento on Instagram. And Brookie. At Viscount Brookie for any who related chat or indeed <laughs> on any other subject that takes your fancy. <laughs> Very good. And I'm at Dan M. Bennett on Twitter and underscore Dan M. Bennett on Instagram. Thank you to everyone for listening and make sure you join the team again next week for more TV binge box. Until then, we're out. Ciao.